Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everyone. Uh, that will be listening to us in the future. This is uh, another episode of Death by the Truth, when man's ready to find it. And believe it or not, I found it in my Lord Jesus Christ. And today we got uh, another very interesting conversation with uh, Rita Moran. You can find her work on HiddenHumanStory.com and also by the same name, her YouTube channel. And she has done some very interesting research and uh, about the past or the past uh, as far as our past, how ancient, I don't know, um, but we were going to go into more detail and depth about Rita's uh, research. And so with that, uh, Rita, good morning. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Michael, and hello to your uh, listeners. Doing good today. Yeah, well, good. I know you're, you're, you're busy. You, you head off to work here, so... Yeah. Um, so, um, where should we go with this? Oh, yes, you wanted to talk about the Kabbalah, which kind of goes in line with some of the things that I, uh, I have been doing and should be doing. I haven't actually done very much the past couple weeks on my show because of numerous issues. Biggest thing being being a single full-time dad to a five-year-old son. It's uh, <laughs> overwhelming. Yes, that. it is. <laughs> it's hard to get much done uh, for anything you want to do, so. Yes, but the Kabbalah. So tell us, what have you been, what you been looking into these, these days? Well, the last show uh, that we talked, we started to touch on Kabbalah a little bit. Now, Kabbalah is the ancient Jewish tradition of mystical interpretation of the Bible, first transmitted orally and using esoteric methods, which included ciphers. And it reached its height in the Middle Ages, and it still remains significant in Hasidism. Now, a Hasidic Jew is one of your uh, real, I guess what the word for that would be, um, strict form of Judaism. Now, we talked a little bit last time, and I, I started to get into the Kabbalah and its tree, and being a representation of many things, including the representation of the Cronide bloodline. And I talked about how I found a book that equated each of those sephiroth, which are the circles connected by all of these lines, um, mm-hmm. representing a god or goddess in ancient Greek mythology. And you'll find in a lot of books, and, you know, be careful, and let me back up for a minute, be careful what books you bring into your home um, some of these used books, because I don't have a lot of money and I purchase a lot of used books, but uh, you don't know what has been done with them. And, you know, you don't want to bring in certain things if they were used for a lot of ritual or who knows what. 
Evil, but, um, evil spirits you're talking about? Yeah, just be careful, but, you know, because I... It's, it's self-evident that it's real. It's not some Yeah, kind of there's terror. something to it. I, I'll get into that story later. I brought something and I had to get rid of it and clean, but um, I, a lot of these books, I, I have to look at everything as a researcher. You know, I don't practice this, um, but I have to look at what all the sides are to figure out what, what the big picture is. And you start looking at a lot of these books on the magic and um, ritual, and you start to see a lot of Jewish um, references to this Kabbalah. Mm-hmm. And it, it crosses over with Greek um, uh, symbolism as well. And sometimes they'll encode it into a different pantheon in their magical systems, but mostly... If you start looking at like Golden Dawn or Kabbalah books, it's uh, uh, Judaic and sometimes Greek. And, um, you know, when they do summoning and their rituals and and whatever. But this Kabbalah tree, uh, per this book that I found, it was um, Cavendish's Black Arts, was equating each of the Sephiroth with a god or goddess out of ancient Greek mythology. And I told you that, from what I could tell, that tree of life was representing Zeus's or uh, the Cronide bloodline. But they also have a clip-off, which is the reflection of the Kabbalah, and it represents the tree of death, which is, um, a, and they have a, a, a representation to one of these Greek or Phoenician god or goddesses for every one of their sephiroths. Hey, can you kind of just stop you there for just a second? Cabinish's what book? It was called The Dark Arts. The Dark it's an old Arts. Book. It's an old book that I picked up. And it, it can, you find that, can, you, can you find the PDF? Have you looked into that? Or uh, I'd have to look online for you to see if that's there. Well, you, you don't have to. I'll look for myself. But okay. Yeah, the book I got was you know used and kind of ripped up. But it, it was enough to be able to get in there and see what's going on. Well, you know, the one thing is if you study the Kabbalah or even the Talmud, you're going to realize real fast that what we know is Judaism today is not, it's pantheism. And if you look yep. at, uh, Roman Catholicism, you look at, um, you know, the, uh, the Vatican and, uh, yeah, it's full of, uh, uh, supposed saints, which really are just the same thing, a pantheon of gods. And so, yeah. Yeah, they took all those old gods and goddesses and made them saints, pretty much. But but going but going on, you start to um, well, you know, basically a lot of this, these magical systems or practices were hidden, and in the since the 1990s, it's they started to publish a lot of books on it because maybe it's a safer environment. Or Externalization maybe, of the hierarchy, right? Yeah, and they have an agenda to it. Because I'll tell you, like, uh, before the 1990s, you know, you really couldn't get hold of this stuff. And uh, it was all kept under wraps, and they kept it in their ritual, and only the inner circle would know this stuff. Now you can get books and, and find out everything that they believe and what they're doing, Um and it's quite interesting because, like I said, in the last 25 years, this stuff started to come out. Before that, you might occasionally find a book like the two, um, two I think it was called Two Babylons, was the closest um, I've seen 
to try and expose this stuff. Right, um, that's lost book. Yeah, that you know, was that's another interesting book. correlation. I'm sorry to, to interrupt you, but if you look at the beginning of World War One and World War Two, the same thing was happening in those countries, where there was, uh, you know, Germany in particular, and Russia, and in the Western Europe. So uh, this is their way of preparing the populace for their next big war. Yeah, I want to talk about that. That's yeah, down the as we go. Um, it's almost like they want you to play around, uh, get into chaos, magic, get into messing around with this stuff, and, and manipulate it into one big ritual. But let, let me explain what that big ritual is. And to understand that, you need to understand Kabbalah and Klippoth and what that is um, and what the philosophy is behind the Kabbalist. Now, a Jew uh, uh, who practices this, you know, may only admit to working with this tree of life, but they work with this clip off, which is the dark side. And, you know, I, I would put in, a, as I told you, you know, I put in the same bag all the Abrahamic religions and mythologies talking about the Cronides. But you flip that and you have the Prometheans, and the Prometheans are the, the dark side or the tree of death, whereas the Cronides are the tree of life. And a Satanist, We'll always take like Christian symbols and inverse them. Um, it, it's like a, a reflection or a mocking. Like that's why they take a cross and put it upside down. That's why they take our pentagram and flip that upside down. And it's, it's an inverse, whereas like a, the, the Kether in the Kabbalah tree is singularity and one God and, and, and it's Zeus. You flip it into Klippoth and it's Prometheus is duality black and white, uh, bisexualism, um, it, it's uh, male, female. So there, you have concepts um, in both of these trees, and they get represented by what's going on around you. And that's, you know, you see a lot of these people in Hollywood and the music industry with this bisexuality, or they take on male and female characteristics and they're androgynous, um, which is more of like a clip-off representation. And they tend to use a lot of black and white in their art or their dress or what have you. But what is, what is that all about? And I picked up this book called, uh, back in the 90s, Path of the Kabbalah by David Scheinken, M.D., Edited by Edward Hoffman, Ph.D. Okay, so it's written by a Jew. It's all about Kabbalah. And it talks, this is pretty mind-blowing stuff because it gives you a very good idea of the mindset of these Jewish Kabbalists or anybody that practices this. And they don't come out like the Cavendish book, The Dark Arts, and tell you exactly what every one of those um, that tree means. But they tell you something behind the philosophy. And let's, let me blow your mind on this because they got into this part about the nature of evil. And before I read a little of this, basically they're saying it's necessary and a good thing. And to get to God, you have to go through the bottom and the darkness first and come out into the light. So they use it as, you know, they 
sink us into the depths of darkness to come into light, and it's a giant ritual. Let me just read some of this from this book, okay, Path of the Kabbalah. It says, The Nature of Evil. It says, we come next to another, very intriguing, uh, to another very intriguing concept about darkness, and that is its relation to evil. Kabbalists certainly equate darkness with evil. Therefore, from the perspective, God inserted evil into the very fabric of the cosmos before there was even good. Evil existed in our universe. The reason for this is that the vacated space constituted the absence of Ansaf or God. And by definition, the absence of God is evil. Kabbalists almost define good and evil spatially in their distance from God. They are not implying, of course, that there is an actual physical space out there, but that closeness to God is good and distance is evil. The closer we draw to God, the more good. The further we move from him, the more evil. So remember, evil is not defined as badness, but in terms of the distance from God. From the beginning then, evil or the distance from God existed with our universe. Okay, now let me continue on a little bit here. This is going to blow your mind. Listen to this. The Kabbalah teaches that the creation of evil was perhaps the greatest gift that God gave man. Let that sink in. What that, what the, this is what these people believe. Now let me read a little more. Adepts have long taught that the myriad realms that exist all do so to serve man. Therefore, evil must exist for the same purpose. How does evil help us? The answer lies in the concept of human free will. For God wanted man not to be a robot-like being, a programmed machine, but something far, far greater and more godlike. He had to make man totally free, free to defy God, to not listen to him. If man had been created only able to obey God, he would have lacked freedom and been much less godlike. Of course, the ability to defy God immediately applies the possibility of evil because evil, by definition, represents a going away from God. Okay, I want to read a little bit more. They don't believe in divine punishment. Okay, this is what Kabbalists believe. Um, A key Kabbalistic premise is that a divine feedback loop exists between each of us and the ten forces. From the traditional Jewish viewpoint, man is the center of creation. Therefore, there is something very special about man that differentiates him from every other animal or inanimate substance in the universe. This is the reality that only man is connected with a feedback loop to these recondite forces. Not even angels are endowed with this capacity. Now I'm going to talk a little, let me skip through this book a little bit here. It says, um, God formed the communication system that constitutes the sephirah. God put evil into the system for free will to exist. That is why evil or darkness is mentioned so early in the Bible. The Kabbalist teaches that there is really no such thing as divine punishment and reward per se. Nobody is really punished or rewarded. Rather, 
There are consequences for everything that we do, say, or think. Ansoff says, I have created the universe, and there are certain laws, spiritual as well as physical, by which it functions. I am going to give you the laws in a book, the Torah. If you understand the laws, then you can make the most out of what you have. Uh, what you have. But if you defy the laws, then you will suffer the consequences of that defiance. Now it goes on. Um, they talk a little bit more. Uh, I want to talk about what their view of Satan is. Okay, here's another blind, uh, mind-blowing one from this book. Path of the Kabbalah by David Shankin. Listen to this. Satan, God's loyal servant. <laughs> what then is the Jewish devil? The Jewish conception of Satan is quite unlike its counterpart in historical Christianity. According to Judaism, Satan is a very faithful servant of God, one of his most faithful servants. Since God has created evil, the realm of evil belongs to Satan. But the realm is really a gift to man, ensuring his capacity of free will. And so Satan has a very important task to perform. It, it is his mission to do precisely what God wants him to do. For the Kabbalah teaches that nothing is more powerful than Ansaf. To explain more clearly Satan's role in human life, Kabbalists have long told the following story. Adepts relate that there was once a king who ruled over a vast kingdom. The king had a son. One day the king began to think of the future and of the time when his son would be the next king. And the king wondered whether his son was actually suited for this position. Was he mature enough? Could he handle the responsibilities? Did he possess the necessary inner resources? The king decided to find out. He wanted to test his son to see whether he could indeed be a powerful and just ruler. The king therefore called his son and said to him, As prince of the kingdom, you will now be given a great deal of authority to exercise. I'm going to give you plenty of wealth and power. You will be able to do many things. As a matter of fact, you have my blessing to do almost anything you want to the kingdom. But there's one thing I want you not to do. If you will just avoid this one thing, everything else will be yours, and you will have all my blessings. The one thing I want you not to do is this. You must never engage in any kind of premarital sex. Other than this, you can have anything in my kingdom, and you have the power now to do what you want. And then it continues on. It's just, the son agreed. He replied, fine, I accept the conditions. No sooner did he leave then the king called in the most beautiful, seductive prostitute in his entire kingdom. The king said to her, I will give you $10 million in gold if you can give, get my son into bed with you. Use all of your charms. Do anything you wish to seduce him. If you succeed, this tremendous reward will be yours. So off the prostitute went to find the king's son. The stage was now set. The players were the king, the son, and the prostitute. The question that Jewish mystics have for uh, millennia uh, asked is, is not the prostitute simply doing the king's bidding? Can we say that she is evil or even bad? She is simply doing precisely what the king requested of her. 
Now keep this story in mind as we return to the issue of the Jewish devil. Kabbalists compare the king to God and the son to humanity. The prostitute was not even really a prostitute, but a very loyal subject of the king who agreed to play the part. She was really an extremely moral, loyal woman. And this view is exactly how Kabbalists regard the devil. He is a very loyal servant of God, being sent on a mission involving humanity. Okay, now they get into this and it talks about in Judaism, then the devil is not regarded as a malevolent or evil entity challenging God's rule. Indeed, the Talmud says quite clearly, do as the devil does, but not as the devil says. This is because the devil does only what God asks. Judaism has many allusions to this concept that the devil is an entity very close to God and that the function of evil is to ensure human free will. Kabbalists teach that our relation to evil fundamentally changed when Adam and Eve ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. Until that moment, evil existed, but it was outside of man. With the eating of the forbidden fruit, evil actually became incorporated into the human soul or psyche. Ever since that time, evil has existed within us, has been part of our nature as earthly creations. Okay, and then they continue on about reaching God through evil. Okay, this is their mindset. It's sure. this, this, yeah. this is their mindset. They, they actually even worship Satan. That's part yes, of they their do. Yeah. They, just, they, don't, they consider him like part of the system. Um, it says there's one. Okay, let me. Just, there's one more point to consider about evil from a Kabbalistic perspective. It is the notion that since evil is a creation of God, there is a path to God through evil. One can reach God through evil. However, the Kabbalah insists that this is one of the forbidden paths. These paths uh, work, but are not meant for human beings. <laughs> For example, the ancient Sefer Yetzra, Book of Creation, identifies the different possible paths to God represented by the Sephira. One of these paths is of evil and or one of one of these paths uh, one of these is the path of evil and it is forbidden. And then they go on about Hitler. Okay, they always gotta talk about Nazis and Hitler. They're so obsessed with it. Um it says in this book, what is the consequence of embarking on a forbidden path? Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party offer a vivid example of an involvement with the path of evil. Recent scholars have documented quite thoroughly the Nazis' interest in black magic and the occult. Indeed, Hitler had made a choice early in his career to further his spiritual development through the path of righteousness or the path of evil. Hitler possessed almost enough power to rule the world. There were many attempts on his life, well-conceived plots, and each one failed. It was almost as if some force was intervening to allow him to go on and achieve his desired end. At one point, Hitler began to use psychedelic drugs as a means to affect very rapid inner development that he would need later in his rule as Deferrer. He had expert teachers who saw him or saw in him a raw potential 
and they helped guide his development until he could begin to use his inner power. Some believe that he managed to get hold of the spear which pierced Jesus on the cross. This spear has long been associated with black magical power. The evidence is strong that Hitler's mentors and the Nazi party's inner core were all quite involved with black magic, the path of evil or darkness. Many of the atrocities uh, they carried out were actually ritualistic acts of murder for centuries associated with black magic ceremonies. The Holocaust can be seen in a way as a mass ritualistic murder on a a huge scale. The Nazi acts were not really so wanton or insane. The Nazis knew quite clearly what they were doing and why. The rituals were required for them to continue to gain and hold power. The, The Kabbalah teaches that a consequence of embarking on such forbidden path is very dire. One soul can be completely obliterated. In such a case, not only is the person's body destroyed, but his soul as well. Okay, I'm going to stop. So this gives you an incredibly interesting point of view with these people. And first of all, I don't believe um, Hitler came up with it all on his own. He was guided, and some of these people guided him were Jewish. Um, The ideal Jewish soldier was Werner Goldberg. He was half um, half Jewish. They call him a Mechelein. There were a lot of people setting him up. And in Germany, you know, there was no money. They just, they had destroyed the, the whole um, country uh, from World War One and the uh, Versailles, Versailles Treaty. Uh, soldiers were homeless, crawling in the street, begging for money. They destroyed that place. They made it into the Weimar Republic. And um, all of a sudden, Hitler came around, and he had all this money he was getting from somewhere to set up his uh, little situation over there. And then he uh, worked with the Jewish rabbis and the uh, Anglo-Palestinian Bank and uh, through this 1933 transfer agreement to um, get Israel started. That's when they were charging people a thousand sterling ahead, a person, to have all of your items shipped over to what was called Palestine back then. And they, they were enticing Jews to come over because they were trying to get their numbers up in Palestine so they can take it over. Right. And uh, so the Nazis worked um, quite well with the rabbis. And this is a hidden history that they want to hide. And in fact, it was a Jewish man, um, Edwin Black, who exposed this in his book called The Transfer Agreement, and his uh, Jewish family disowned him for a while. Now, this came out in the 1980s. I had never been taught this in school. You know, in school, we were, oh, you know, the evil Germans, and they were killing people in the camps and experimenting. And then you start finding all this other stuff out, like uh, how they were working with the Nazis to set up uh, Israel. And even before that, the Balfour Declaration. And then I, I did a video called The Jewish State. It was a book written by... Um, Herschel, where he actually wrote in there they were going to take Argentina or Palestine for the Jewish homeland. And he wrote this in the 1800s. They had this all planned out. And so, um, you know, and what's funny is the Jews got Palestine and the Nazis went to Argentina. So um, I don't believe in coincidences. Um, I just gave you an insight to their mentality. 
they are performing rituals to get an end result. They don't do the evil per se. They get other people to do the evil so that they have to suffer the consequences. And then they play innocent and reap the rewards. And this is how they act. And they set people up. They take them into the darkness. They convince them to do all this chaos, black magic crap. And then, um, you know, they let them rise. And then they let them fall. And then they reap um, the reward. And the person that was the sucker... Uh, gets the gets the punishment. So uh, that was a, quite a mind opener. Yeah, and if you look at also the fact that what their involvement in uh, Russia and um, the Bolshevik Revolution and uh, inciting all that, and wherever uh, these Jewish mysticists go, death follows, and uh, they're a huge part of the the, the death cult that rules the Roman Empire that we still live in. And nothing's changed except we have cars and Internet. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're getting ready for the next kill. You know, I yeah. mean, they really pushed the anti-woman thing. Um, you know, the Inquisition really went after women because they had the knowledge and the power. You know, if a woman gets up and starts to, to make sense and has intelligence, she can move a lot of things, and, and they know that. Um, just like um, Mother, uh, Mother Jones helped the, you know, the workers. They called her one of the most dangerous women in America. Nowadays, she probably would have been killed you know, before she got too far, but um, they most really the, hate women, people, uh, and they want them quiet. Know. Pardon? Most people, including women, don't even know who Mother Jones is. Yeah. And, and they, they equate her, you know, and... With uh, liberals, and of course they even twist that everything. The law reversal, yeah, is what's being applied in our lives. And um, yeah, if you, as you, you've read, um, if one actually studies the Old and New Testament, the Torah and the New Testament, everything that they just said is not applicable. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true at all what they just said. Um, that's the probably the problem is even to study. The Torah these days, or the New Testament, I really believe you have to be someone like in my situation. Um, like it's a divine hand has to, and you as well, where you have to be in the world but not of the world, and you have to literally um, step away, maybe live kind of like a socially like a hermit, so that you spend the time to research to wake up to what's going on because. Um, the lie is pervasive, and they're found not only uh, in the Talmudic Jews and the leadership and the Zionists, but in the, it's the Jesuits, it's the Rome, uh, Roman Catholicism, it's daughter churches, Christ, Christianity, what we know today, brick-and-mortar Christianity, which is totally against even the New Testament if you read it properly. And that... Yeah, everything so far as far as judgment goes. Well, we mentioned before the show. I mentioned it was studying and you know the revelation and trying to really understand it and go to places where I've been told not to go, like full predator preterism. And one of the things they try to say, oh, it's Jesuit, you know, created that. Well, the problem with that argument is, is once you let go of that bogus argument, specious argument of who started what. Because we're talking about movements now. Yeah, if you want to talk about movements, yeah. But if you just read the 
in the Bible for what it says. That, um, well, there's been judgment, but judgment after judgment after judgment leading up to the final judgment, which is 70 AD, and the, the Jews, the Jewish hierarchy in the temple there in Jerusalem was just totally and utterly destroyed. It was once a, the seventh wonder of the world, etc. So, anyway, since that time, and prior to that time, the Temetic Jews, Babylonian Temetic Jews, have had this insatiable, this delusion, evil, wicked delusion, and some kind of spirit that leads them into thinking that they have divine right to rule the world. Mm-hmm. And if you look at these um, 500 and... Uh, this is my research. A lot of people think I'm full of it, but <clears throat> this is the reason why I like to look, talk to someone like you because you're, you know, doing your own thing too. But if you look at uh, the Georgia Skystones and it's 500 million, first of all, you have to have the pseudonym R.C. Christian. And we look at R.C. The R.C.s, the Roman Catholics, that's what they were called in Europe for a very long time. That was their nickname, the R.C.s, the R.C. Wow, Christians. I never heard that. That's interesting. Now, if you also have to understand is the, what's uh, uh, my friend, um, well, gosh, I just... I forgot his name. Anyways, his book I've been reading. I'm going on a different train. Uh, that uh, uh, when you look at uh, Roman Catholicism, it is it is uh, it's Judaism for Christians for the Gentiles is what it is. Judaism for the Gentiles is, and that's all it is. And so if you, I mean, everything in the, the scriptures, if you're really reading it, if you really read it, it's telling you to get out of. Come out of her, my people. Come out of the Babylonian system. It, it's, it's telling you not to go to church on Sundays. It's, not, it's telling you not to go to brick and mortar. It's telling you to have a personal relationship with God. A one-on-one thing and go, let him take you the path he wants to take you on. It's what it's telling you. Right. <laughs> and this is, people say, well, you're being apostate or this or that. But, you know, whatever you want to call me, I could care less. I just want to know the truth. And um, it's what it's saying. It's as clear as day. Yeah, but you got to be willing to not be blinded by religion and the people like the pastor or the your Sunday school teacher or uh, what History Channel has to say. Just do your own homework. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the things that we're under the strong delusion in, the, in this country, in the West, is that somehow we're the only people... Uh, this in this world that, that um, are not victimized by propaganda. <laughs> the thing is, is like my friend Keith Hansen, a.k.a. Visigoth, says, uh, we're the only people propagandized to believe that we never, we can't be propagandized. Yep. And that's what our problem is. So. Well, the more I study history, that the more I see how they um, won't allow us to have history. <laughs> oh, they don't. Oh. They, you know, they change our, they try and change our identity like every 30 to 50 years and they do it for their benefit Absolutely. as they slowly build their own um, empire over there. And, um, and they get, every they get generation a... loses the knowledge of what, can, you know, like you said, most people have no clue who mother Jones was. No. And they, they'll call her a commie or something. They have no clue of what yeah. it was like. Commie <laughs> or you're you're uh, a fascist. All these things are all created by the same groups of men. 
yep. the, the ones who create our, our reality and, and history. It's interesting if you look at uh, Tupper Saucy's book, Rulers of Evil, he documents, this is back in the late 90s now, that uh, 100 years prior, all the major Ivy League schools in this country was mandatory to, to study history. And at the time that he wrote that book, there was only one in the country that was left that had made it mandatory to have a histor- history class. In other words, they have this, this systematically what they've been doing is rewriting our history and, and uh, diluting it to their own purposes. And I hate to say this as someone who is a believer in Jesus Christ. They've used uh, Christianity, the Christian leadership, quote-unquote Christendom, with a D-U-M-B, if I could say Christian dumb leadership to dumb us down, along with the uh, the boob tube and uh, and then you know the public fool system. So we're we're in, we're by the time this is why we get to our you know you you it sounds to me like you were God woke you up earlier in life, but you know I'm 48, we're going on 49, and it's taken. I mean I was. First forty years of my life strongly in the delusion, so you really had to drag me out of it. So, and I really, you know, you look at what's really this is all about. It is a spiritual warfare. So it's what's between the mind, or what's what's between your ears and the mind, and uh, just uh, uh, that's another. That's the the truly uh, subliminal or the secretive story too is that in the from the Old Testament on is just that. It's telling you that. That it's um, it's mind control. And where are you going to go? Yeah. Where are you going to go? And I'm not, just say, I'm not, I'm not saying the, the Bible is. I'm saying the people who are telling you what it says is mind control. If you actually read it, it's telling you what our part of our battle is. Quote, unquote, spiritual battle is mind control. Absolutely. Who are we going to yeah. listen to? The group or to God kind of thing. But the, I just want to point out, these people are not invincible. Um, they've had their rear end kicked multiple times. As I study history, like you said, they won't let you. You're not allowed to have your true history. They fill you with garbage and give you all these names like Nazi, communist, fascist, you know, whatever. Right or left, it doesn't matter. That's all controlled anyway. But um, they won't let you have your history. They won't right. let you have an identity. And they um, whitt- and they basically um, take the flock down, like they you kill religious, off. Religious freedom is another masterful ploy to get people so sidetracked. If they just realize that religious freedom is a very coded word for their religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And by the way, when you look at it in, in totality, and we're talking about the Roman le- leadership... And what Rome has always used, religion, freedom, freedom of religion, they were doing this uh, 2,000 years ago in the time of Nero, you know, or prior to it. If you look at the leadership, of the, the Buddhist leadership, if you look at the Confucius leadership, if you look at the Hindu leadership, if you look at all the religions of the major religions, they all, everyone goes back to Rome. They all go back to Rome. They all have to visit the... Pontifus Maximus, the Pope, and I, <clears throat> the, 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 the religious symbol of the uh, Roman Empire uh, 
<clears throat> and so I'm not I'm not going to let uh, the the rest of the group to be uh, you know get not uh, guiltless draw. But the thing is, is that you have to look at the hierarchy of the black arts, and it does lead to Jewish mysticism, the cabal. They, all it is is they got it from when they were in time of Babylon. Well, let me say... Th- and prior to it, actually. Actually, they knew it from Egypt, too. Egypt, just think about it. A group of people, whether it's true or not, whether you believe it or not, symbolically, we're to say it's talking about Egypt and Babylon. Well, let me, Mike, <laughs> Michael, all, um, you say all roads go back to Rome. I say all roads go back to the Cronides, which goes back to the Phoenicians. Oh, I see. This is the thing, that you're going deeper now. I'm going... Yeah, I, I totally yeah. agree with you. I'm just talking about the world. Yeah. If they're all connected. I mean, the Satanists hang out with the Muslims, hang out with the uh, Catholics, hang out with the Jews. You know, you, you see Jews and Catholics like buddy buddies. I want to just point out a few things uh, before I forget. Um, going back to what we were just talking about, history, uh-huh. and, and how these, uh, these Kabbalists, whatever you want to call them, you know, they put out this presentation that they're invincible they do run these rituals on us. They're running a ritual on America right now in Europe yep. uh, for our destruction and their gain. They want to draft the women now. Yep. They put in the rules to have them drafted if, if the draft comes. Um, think about what that's going to do to the generations that when the war comes. World War I was the lost generation because they'd killed so many men off in Europe. Right. Uh, now imagine America... What's going to happen when they draft the generation of both men and women? Who's going to be left to carry on? Nobody. So they're running a massive ritual on us right now uh, with all of this nonsense of this, um, these music people, these Hollywood people, their Kabbalah crap and their, you know, the, the bull sign, which is a mocking. Uh, they're all Satanists. They all pretend to be Satanists. They're, they're Kabbalah. They're all into Kabbalah. No, you're right. You're right. They're part of this master-slave system. So they're you know, prepping us. They've dumbed everybody down so much, and they're controlling things, and they're getting us ready. And, and the Muslims aren't innocent either. They're no. all part of this, too, that, that um, well, Saudi you, Arabian you, family look- are crypto-Jews. If you look at the big the big religion of the Western leg of the Roman Empire, how they created, and if you look at Freemasonry and their symbolism of the sun and the moon, the two pillars, the two pillars of the major world religion, of us, for our religion, if you look at how many Muslims and how many Catholics there are, <laughs> and you're talking, you know, over half, almost, was it six? Eight, so, so it's over half the world's population they control. Well, and those, God, the, that's yeah. the moon and then the sun, and that's what they are talking about. And that what's in the middle, and you see that, that light and that, that pyramid and all that is their you know, the ultimate goal. You look at um, uh, Albert Pike's letter to Mancini and what the whole goal is in this, you know. Well, you know what? Um, That's a re- I'm talking about the religious side. And yeah. then the, well, look know. at the mystic side, the Freemasons. It's all Judaic symbolism. And then to be a Shriner, you have to be a 33-degree Mason. And Shriner uh, symbology and, and code words are all um, Islamic. Exactly. Now, how does that work? 
<laughs> How does that work? That works as you, as you, as you, you as you go climb up the ladder, you start to realize what the goal is. And the goal is this one world order. Chris Lam is what they're going to create. This, uh, the co- you know, whether exactly it is, is to be seen, but um, let's just call it Chris Lam for now. And who will be ruling the Chris Lam but the Kabbalists at the top? And it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile or, you know, Muslim or whatever, you know. As long as you are a, a practitioner of this Kabbalistic system, which you're, basically you're is demon. This goes back now to de- whether one wants to believe this or not. What does it mean to be de- demonically possessed, and what are the um, the gifts that happen by dealing with um, the other side, the dark side, if you will? I mean, a lot of these the, the, the ruling elite. Maybe going back to what you were talking about with that um, article about uh, uh, Bohemian Grove and what goes on there. Well, if it's just overwhelming the evidence if you're willing to look at it. In order to even climb to the top of the cesspool, is you do have to sell your soul to something, something on the other side. And these people are dealing with entities that are. Um, Oh, uh, the real enough to, to and um, and in my time in the spiritualist movement and and uh, in the unity movement and all that kind of stuff, um, uh, it's real. I'm going to tell you something. It's real. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's people. You can okay for the people. You know, people may not. You know, say, "Oh, it's all in your head." That's fine. But you know what? Even if you believe that, you have to understand that this is the mentality of these people. As I just read to you. They run rituals. They believe Satan is the best loyal servant of God, and they take you into the darkness, into the light, and make you do the evil acts so For you true. receive the punishment, and they reap the the, the reward. The, the, the temporal power, yes. The, yes. And, and what you have to understand is that they figured out about 2,000 years ago that to be successful – they have to remove history because before all of these uh, Semitic religions took hold of the world, everybody had a pantheon and knowledge of who these ancient people are that are the basis of Semitic religion. And they, they, uh, when these Jews came in and tried to take over, they always got their rear end kicked. They've been kicked out of 109 con- uh, countries. They uh, went into Egypt for 200 years and destroyed it as the Hicks House, and they were run out during a 30-year war. And they, you know, they claim that's the Exodus. It's not. They were kicked out because they wrecked Egypt for 200 years and changed the whole place around. They were um, they wrecked ancient Sumer. They destroyed that. They uh, wrecked many, Germany. Can I ask you, you know, how, many, how many countries were they kicked out of? I've heard 109. And if you, but, if you, if you add that with the 70 to 80 countries that the Jesuits, the practitioners of Jesu, the Jesuit art, um, which is basically, they practice Kabbalism. That's why Ignatius Loyola, the Morado Jew, um, um, went to, to, you know, the legend is he went back to the home country in Jerusalem to get the the old books to bring them back. Um, anyways, yeah, it's it's but it, it, prior to the Jesuits, the Jesuits are anything new. 
they're just uh, the military arm of uh, judo Christianity. Yep. Which is another way of saying pseudo Christianity. <laughs> well, definitely. And you know what? And you know what? It's like okay, like I said, they 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 have always okay. We talked about this last week a little bit. I think it was offline. This race came from Abraham and Sarah. But read your Bible. Sarah was given to the Pharaoh in his harem first, and Abraham received goods and slaves. Then he went over to Philistine, which is Palestine, and he pimped his sister out to King Abimelech, and then she was pregnant after that. Now, who's the real father of um, that kid that's the spawn of these so-called Jewish? Semites has always been around. That came from the Argive dynasty. Um, back in ancient Samir, which goes back to Heracles and Perseus. But the specific Jewish, well, they changed their name. You know, they were the Hyksos, then they went, you know, they've been kicked out, and then they ended up in in the Philistine country, and then they spawned this race. And you don't even, they try and pretend that Abraham was the father. Well, what are you worshiping? A guy that had sex with his half sister, incest. They call like people in the south, you know, they always in, incestual hillbillies. They call you know white people a bunch of inbreds. What is their background? You know, on the surface they claim to be inbred from a brother sister union. Right. But what's the real truth? Whose daddy? What is the real? You know, who's the daddy? Where do they get spawned from? And then all of a sudden, King Abimelech gives Abraham land in that Philistine area, and then that bloodline goes and kills the the Philistines later on and takes over. Right? Goliath, David, um, he had to kill that giant and show the Philistines who was taken over, who was boss. So, I mean, it's all a bunch of lies. They make up the, you know, they took everybody's knowledge, they went into countries, they tortured the indigenous people, they stole everybody's knowledge of the Cronides, they came up with the system, they, they practiced it, it didn't work, they've been kicked out, and then they figured out that they had to remove the knowledge and the history of people and go after the women, mostly the women, um, who also kept the knowledge and raised the children and taught the children the information. Right. And they figured out that w- that's how they got successful, but it didn't always work because Queen Isabella, w- uh, when she came around with the Catholic Church, it backfired on them, right? She started kicking them out. So then they ended up over in the Americas, and they were tell- you know, convincing the Europeans that the Earth, w- I'm sorry, I know you kind of have some thoughts on this, but they were convincing the Earth is flat, you can't sail over there, you fall off the edge. Um, they-, they were teaching them the heliocentric model, they were, you know, the Inquisition kicked in, and then uh, they were killing people for, who had the old knowledge, and they were imp- putting in the Catholicism. And right. then, um, then you know, the, the people fight back. They had the Reformation um, to get out of the Dark Ages. And, um, you know, and then Hitler came around, and he, he did his thing. But I, I'm not real up on Hitler because, like I said, he got set up, in my opinion, 1933 transfer agreement. You know, he helped him out. And right. then he gets, a, he gets a submarine ride to Argentina. 
And there's an FBI file. They knew he was down in Argentina. And the Roman Catholic Church brought in all the Nazis into our CIA and everything else. You know, they wanted all the, the, the techni- uh, technical knowledge. And right. um, why is the Roman Catholic Church not prosecuted as an enemy combatant for doing that? They were helping these war criminals that they wanted to steal the knowledge from come over to South America and America, yet they had the Nuremberg trials. And this is the, you know, putting shrunken heads, you know, and lampshades and soap and all that's been proven. You know, the soap thing, they already said that was a lie. Nobody converted anybody to soap. Shrunken heads with full sets of hair, you know, and, and, and now you can't, you can't like Holocaust and now you go to jail in a lot of these countries. It's like the second inquisition. And or you're a Nazi all of a sudden. Well, why don't you just say what the Nazis did to set up Israel? See how far you get. People are saying that now, and they really get a lot of slack for that. So what they what they figured out is they have to, to win to be able to be effective in their ritual, taking you to evil up into light. But you did the evil, so you get the repercussion, and they get the benefit. They have to take away your knowledge. They have to erase any knowledge of who um, the Cronides were, which is who they're, you know, and these Phoenicians, which many of them are your demons. Um, Astarte was the half-sister of Cronus. She's mm-hmm. a Goetic demon. Uh, I could tell you about her, but that's who these people are calling to. They're summoning these ancient Phoenicians. So they removed all the knowledge and all of the, the history of the migrations of the white people all around the world, like oh, no, there were no ancient red-haired people in America or South America. You're just a Nazi. Even though there's, like, skeletons with red hair and they keep getting them to the Smithsonian who disappears them. Oh, you can't say anything like that. Or effigies with a woman with red hair. They just came out with this thing called Skeletons in the Cupboard about the red-haired fairy people in blondes that were in New Zealand first. They have descendants. The woman tested genetically um, uh, like part European out of New Zealand to prove it out when they were saying that that was a lie. You know, they, they won't let you have any of your identity or your history. It's like a parasite. I'm sorry, but it gets into your system and replaces everything with its stuff, its DNA. <laughs> and that's how they, for the last 2,000 years, have been effective because they got their rear ends kicked by the original um, Romans who put them down multiple times and they got their butt kicked by the Egyptians who put them down and they got their butt kicked um, in, in ancient Samir, which is Iraq. So they're running a ritual. We're going to, we're the victims right now and they want to draft all the men and the women so they can have world war three. And uh, anybody that says anything is an evil Nazi. They've programmed everybody through anti-Semitic you know, you're not allowed. Anytime you point out their crap, you know, you're, you know, and most of the, and most of the Jews are Ashkenazis anyway. So, <laughs> if I'm anti-Semitic, does that mean I'm anti-Arab? Because that's where most of your Semites are now. You know, most of the Jews are are Ashkenazi. They're not Semitic. So, you know, this is the system that we're in. Oh, they, they play on emotion and ignorance. <laughs> right. Well, they have, you know. Every every look at every Hollywood movie. There's a Nazi reference or a Holocaust reference, and then um, you know all the anti-European sentiment and and all this. 
it's not accurate history. They don't talk about Irish slaves. They don't talk about um, the Arab slave trade. You can't talk about that. You can't talk about who ran it. You know, any of this stuff. And my solution to this is um, their systems have to be um, exposed, broken down, and they have to uh, go to um, a, a world court for crimes against humanity. And we have to cut off funding. Um, and that's just going to have to be how it is. And it's going to be a slow, you know, or a painful movement. Um, I've already kind of gotten, you know, suffered from loss of family relationships or people just don't understand, you know, they can't like understand what I'm saying. Now, some people get it. Some people don't. Eventually it'll sink in. It's hard to get all of this information. Like I said, I've been at this for decades trying to prove this out. Um, what the true history is here. And um, like you said, most people don't have the time of day to do this. They work a job. They got to get up in the morning, barely enough time to eat, shower, and go to the bathroom and get the kids to school. Then they got to go work a job. Then they come home. They got to either pick the kids up, run them around, do a chore, make dinner, uh, run the kid around at night. They really got you know a lot of things to do with the kids or whatever you're doing. Then you got to go to bed and get ready to do it again. Then the weekend comes and you have to do chores or you're working two jobs. Um, you're lucky if you're not homeless and on and on. And then help got to help you if your health craps out. Like because myself. you're yeah <laughs> you're gonna then you're really gonna be in some hot water and and. Um, even and and then they give you nonsense for being on disability because, oh, you know that's like welfare. But you know what? We paid into that. Uh, Social Security is, has a, a surplus, and it, it's a safety net for elderly people and people that have a, a disability. It's not for immigrants. It's for us. We work for it. We paid in for it to to help us in our bad or situations where we can't do our job, and they give you crap about that. So, you know, it, this whole, like, system is it, just, it's like a, a frog being boiled in the water. You know, they just kept doing this and this and this, and then people would fight back, like a Mother Jones or people that, you know, said, enough, you, you know, we're going to have a lifestyle that's decent. And, you know, they, we win for a while, and then they come back and pull this nonsense again. So it's just the cycle, and, and the cycle has to be broken. And the, broken, the way you break it is through truth. And bringing this out and, and taking these people to task. Now, Jesus Christ, it was interesting what you said about how they perverted what he was doing. And you and I were just briefly talking about so many people think that he's coming back in the sky to save them. And they're just sitting on their hands waiting for it. But um, you, I think you and I have a different point of view of what that is. And I'll, I'll let you talk, but I just want to mention, I have looked into that. And we, you and I talked a little bit. There is a grave in Kashmir called Rosa Ball, and it's a shrine, and it's um, supposed to have the body of Jesus Christ. And this is where he went after he was resurrected off that cross, and they, um, they call him uh, Isa. And for a while, the Indian people used to go and, and, and worship or pray over there, and it was taken over by the Muslims. And they won't let anybody in there now, but... There's a, a woman and several people before him that were trying to get in there, and they were writing books on it. And I've seen a picture, 
I've heard this, that in this tomb, they opened it up and they pulled out a staff. And it's a eight-foot-plus staff with an iron spear at the end. And it looks like a, something you could put a pine cone on, like a thrissus. And they took that and they put it into a mosque in, the, in a different part of the area in Kashmir. And there were texts and scrolls in that grave about his heritage. And that's been taken. And um, this was, I actually talked to a woman who wrote about this. She, her name is Susan Olson. Um, she was trying to get there in there and get DNA and uh, DNA samples. And they won't let her and they ran her out. But before her, there were men that were in there uh, trying to figure out what was going on, and they were always followed by a Catholic priest or some nonsense and run out. Um, so this is something we need to get in there and look at uh, because it is supposed to be the, the burial tomb of Jesus. I know they said they thought some people claimed in Japan, but that's not really it. That was those were pre, um, the disciples or somebody that came after, but this. This whole thing in Rosa Ball, uh, they keep the keep that on the down low. They want to get rid of that. They're trying to say that there's a, a Muslim uh, saint in there. That he, it's you know that now they're trying to say it's a, a Muslim guy, um, a sage, a Muslim sage named Yus Asaf. So they've destroyed the history. Whereas before, the Indian people knew that that was Isa, I-S-S-A, Jesus. And they knew it. And Thomas, the apostle, was in India, and he's buried in India. They have a shrine of this white-looking guy. Now, if Jesus Christ didn't exist and all that, why are they having shrines to the apostle in India? So they have kept this so quiet. And I just want you to talk a little bit as we talked about, because I really feel like we're being set up for the slaughter because everybody's sitting on their hands thinking Jesus is coming in the sky to magically save them. And I think the only thing that's going to come is the truth. Uh, that or maybe he reincarnates or I don't even know what, but coming in the sky, what does that mean? And uh, does it mean a, a it's, spaceship? It's, it's, or it's, it's, figurative, it's figurative language. Is Jewish poetry, purgative language, and then it's the same language that's used in, first of all, nowhere in the Bible is to say there's going to be a second coming, just to let you know. So it's abuse of, of the scriptures to begin with, say so. I know that's good to say I just lost another well, 90% of the one percent that still follow me, <laughs> so that pretty much leaves me alone in this journey. But this, you know what? The truth is a lonely warrior, and that's really if you really want to know the truth, it's what that's the, that's you know that's the uh, reality of the situation, and that's the price you pay for knowing the truth. So, anyways, um, yeah. So that same language, that uh, apocalyptic language that you find in the Revelation was um, you know, throughout the Old Testament and talks about uh, the same language for destruction of Babylon, of the Edomites, of the uh, Egypt, and uh, it's the same language is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. And I don't think people realize the degree, I mean, the Jewish religion uh, all revolved around Jerusalem, the city, the temple, 
and it um, goes on and on and on. Anyway, so a lot of symbolism. It, they've taken that the fact of our ignorance once again of history and understanding of the historical context of the New and Old Testament is, and then offered it up on a silver platter to all of us called Christian Christianity Christendom. Um, as the answer to all our problems. But, but they're talking about brick and mortar, and all it is is this just the this same thing repackaged over and over again. It's just we're different than the other person. You know, it's just, they'll talk about 30,000 different languages in the, or, or different churches, sects of Christianity. Well, there's just that many in, in the Islam faith. And uh, the funny thing of it is they're the same religion. You just take away the name of the characters, just look at the buildings, the uh, rituals and the practices, and you're looking at the same religion over and over again. Whether it's uh, the Hasidic Jews, or if it's um, Islam, or Catholicism, or the Protestant Church, same religion. It's just tweaked a little different. And, uh, yeah, so it's about judgment, so... All that God in the coming in the clouds and the angels coming with them is metaphoric for the fact that, um, well, it's God's judgment. This is God's behind the judgment, the destruction of Jerusalem, where it was of the Babylon, etc. So, it's just metaphoric and symbolic. So, but they, the problem is, it's the blind leading the blind, as it talks about in the Bible, the danger of it all. And so it's the pastors and priests, the blind pastors and priests are leading the, the blind uh, laity. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that, you know what this? But this is how they rule, and it's just that one element. And uh, once you know, I, I always tell people to read um, Babylonian Woe. If you want to know how uh, the ruling elite have been controlling us for thousands of years, not the, the two Babylons, which is a great study in itself, but it's too technical for most people anyway so right. uh, the fact matters Babylonian wool which is still technical in its own self should explain to you how for thousands of years religion and usury is how they've controlled the masses yep and it's necessary to have war as well this is a necessary practice uh, whether it's spiritual in nature which I'm coming to believe but it's also uh, pragmatic and temporal itself. That in order to rule the populace is, is that every generation, other generations, you got to have war. You got to have something that something that traumatizes the, the populace. Slavery is very important in all this, um, and that um, abusing the masses in order to keep them in line. Because you know this is what's happening. So. If you look at you and I, and you know we're a couple generations into this kind of stuff, I imagine, um, you know we're starting to really question things because we've seen in the past, in our lifetime, the hypocrisy, right? Yeah. They know this, and if you, the problem is, is if it perpetuates, um, well, there is going to be the type of rebellion that you're talking about, which is knowledge and enough people on the same page and realize what really what it takes to break away from it and then enslavement so yeah they need to do all this trauma-based control 
and abuse on the populace in order to keep us in control. So it's yeah. Well, they and, I, could, and I do believe as well, from my own personal experience, a lot of people say what's well, psychological and my imagination, all that. But there's a, seriously, there's there has to. And I, by the way, you're talking to someone that a couple of years ago and didn't believe in any of this. But I do believe at this point, this from my own experience, from my research and what I'm seeing, there is a huge spiritual element to this. There's the other side. Now, you know, we're talking because I want to understand fully who my enemy is, and I do believe it's a spiritual warfare first and foremost, and these chronides and who, um, you know, the the, the two dark, the, the light and dark side, and what the heck's going on, really, because it's it's clear, and it's not just Mike Adams' theory. I mean, we're talking every culture. If any kind of record that we could obtain is believing the same thing, and I know that you know a lot of our information came from the high priests of those cultures, but the problem is there's such a continuity of things that there was something going on back then, as you're trying to say. Yeah, it was a there, family it, divided. It was a yeah. family divided in how to do things, and they they created slavery. These a part of the Cronides because they didn't want to do the work, and so what you have is a fine tuning of what went on with this family and uh, like I said the, these priests and they're all in it together they're all in I don't you know Jew, Catholic, Mormon Muslim, Satanist they, I mean they know what the identity, even the Satanists say that Satan's a modern day Prometheus on their website and they have the Temple <laughs> of Set right. I mean come on where do you pick those names out they're not even original names, are they? They're not. Back on the past, so it's like really trying to understand the past because I don't think the past was that far past either. I'm no. sorry, it really that they even screwed around with our calendar. So I don't. Well, think... I gave you that timeline <laughs> too. I gave. Remember, I said it came out of the the. It was between twelve and twenty five thousand years ago. But you know, the the world was different. It was run by um, pharaohs and kings and queens for a long time, which were descendants of Zeus. Um, and I think some Prometheans as well kind of escaped and run, ran the show, or a chief. It was a hereditary rulership on this planet. Democracies and republics are something new, other than maybe they had a republic in um, ancient Rome, which ended up going into emperors eventually, right? They got right. rid of that. Um, that didn't last very long. So... Um, this whole like self-rulership of the people is a brand new thing. We've always been under the rulership of a bloodline. And what's interesting, like I said, um, you know, they've stolen that knowledge. They've kept it for themselves. They keep it in esoteric libraries at schools that nobody really cares. They keep the populace uh, dumbed down with uh, sports and music and movies and the, just and, and on a treadmill like I said earlier about get up, work, come home, do chores, get out of bed and get up and do it again the next day. So they, you know, who has time for this? I, I only have time because something called to me to do this. I've been at this for a long time, but I'm tired. I mean, I'm up to like sometimes one in the morning. I got to get up and go to work the next day, but yeah. I have to go down these research paths and I'm tired. I'm getting older and, you know, this is a lot of work and I, I have a lot of responsibilities as well, but I, I've come to a point where I've put books and, and things together. It's 
it's enough out there now for people who want to know it, what the truth is. But now you have to take action. And like I said, you know, um, we got a problem with these religions and the control of history and these attitudes that uh, God told people that they can be allowed to rape children, to cut people's heads off, to um, be the master rulers, you know, that women are this or men are that, this race is this, that race is that. And we have a real problem. And in America, like in other countries, um, it doesn't go their way 100%. Because as an organism, the people fight back. You know, they, they had in America a, a civil war, with, you know, when the union was divided, and it ended slavery. And we came up with the 13th Amendment, and this is important. It's very important because it's going to play a role in our future. It says, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Now, I just told you it's illegal to have slavery. So why are you allowing religions in this country, which is Judaism and Islam and anything else, that advocate slavery. So this is some of the concepts we need to go forward with. Theocracy. Yeah, it's you very need to, dangerous to live under a theocracy. Okay, really. but but you need but the problem is we need to enforce the law. Uh, almost what, a million people died to get rid of the scourge, and it's coming back in with these people. Right. So, they, they, well, they did it through the back door through usury and such. Yeah. And it's the social security system and all that that's supposed to help us, and it's enslaved us all over all property of somebody right. else. Well, it's like you have to. And get... they feel justified to do whatever they want to to us now. So yeah. if we don't wake up to that simple truth and say no, and this is the thing, it, there's the, the the level. It's just you know. I, it comes back down to spiritual. When I say spiritual, the, the aspects of spirituality are more than just contemplating your navel. And it's more than just uh, praying. It's more than, you know, it's, we're talking about the, what's between your ears and what you're willing to do. Because what's between your ears is what you're willing to do. Right. You know, so just, you know, the reason why you put things into motion on your end of things is because of what's between yours. So. Right, but and, and most people don't even have access to this. Like you said, you got put in a position that allowed you to have some time to do this and some reflection. Oh, yeah. And most people don't. they got to survive. they got to go put food on the table and pay the bills like all of us. And they they don't. They they are not in that position. But, you know, and, that, and like you said, most... Okay. Got to learn to live with nothing to do it too. It's right. Got to learn how to love to live nothing, and not to you know, um, you know, not to be, not be, not to be ashamed to pick something out of the garbage in order to. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it, but you know what? It gets fun doing that too. So, but you know, I know you're you're uh, short for time. I do want you to come back. I want this to be a series. I I. I I you know even if it's the fact that you come from one angle and I come from another, the fact is we're uh, I. Think, I don't know if you see it, but I see it. We're coming to some consensus here. Yeah. And, you know, uh, we, it is important to figure out our past 
how how ancient it is. Whether um, see, I'm not in this this camp as six thousand years. I'm not in the camp. I don't buy into the dating process either. Yeah, I think, neither do I. You can't date rocks, and people just say, "Well, that's you know, it's it's a, a seventeen thousand years old." Well, it's a rock, and you can say whatever you want to. And I know exactly how they go about because I was in it. Right. I, I went to school for environmental science and management, and I know exactly how the dating process works. And it's yeah. Anyways, we can go into detail about that. So, so you know, but the point is whether the point is not whether we it's twenty thousand years old or three thousand years old. It's just what you're saying. Yeah. You know why it's quote unquote two thousand sixteen, do we even have this debate what year it is? Yep. It's because of what you're saying, it's because the ruling elite are messing have messed severely in our head with our heads. Very just terribly and uh whether it's it's just like all it's just who do they actually serve and um and that, yeah, who do oh. they serve, right. Because they don't serve it seems to be the God of life, they serve the God of death. And that's, I don't know, I guess it's who, who do you choose this day to serve? Because so, no one gets out of this unscathed as far as who you're going to serve. As old, uh, as our friend, uh, what's his name, said, you got to serve someone, right? right. Uh, what's his name again? What's the musician? Oh, I can't think of it. You know it is. He's been around forever today, and I can't think of his name either. He's not Bob Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan. <laughs> is it wasn't him? Yeah, Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's right. He did that interview. Yeah. He said he, gonna, he made a deal. That's right. Yeah. Who are we going to serve this day? No one gets out of this. So, yeah. Um, the truth, the way the truth in life is the way you understand it. Or um, as you go along, it shouldn't. it should become more and more narrow what that means, the way the truth of life. And, uh, just just because of experience, you know it's going to narrow up. <laughs> right. The more the more you learn. So, uh, yeah, this, we'd be done a, an, another hour, and we yeah, I going back more in the Kabbalah is I think it's a very important element to all this. And I think it will bleed into going in back into the past, and if you're willing to do it again, let's do it again soon. Um, we'll make a little series of it. Does that sound like a deal? Yeah, yeah um, we'll have to pick, a, maybe we'll go a few weeks out. i got a lot of things coming up here. You and I will talk offline um, after the show. Yep. But um, I hope, you know, I, um, I want people to think this through. Uh, I, I'm not just saying this to say it. I put a ton of time, energy, and my own money into getting at the truth. And the truth is relative, right, as you have the facts. So I, it's about going down the rabbit hole or, and, and figuring out um, what is going on. It's how far you want to go down. And the discomfort of it. Yeah, how far? <laughs> because, because you yeah. will be uh, ostracized, isolated. Yep. And so how much do you love the truth? Because it will it cause these things to happen. But you know, once you go down this path, you can't go back anyways. If you yep. do, it's 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 spiritual, intellectual death, which leads to physical death and enslavement. So you don't even have a choice. No matter you and I read it, we don't have a choice. No matter at this point, yeah. there was there was a point in our lives where we could have went the other way, for maybe, 
Maybe not. Maybe we couldn't even have done that, you know what I mean? But I imagine there was a certain point. Um, and uh, there's no, when we went to the fork in the road and we took the path that we took, and hopefully we've taken the right path and not the left path. <laughs> I, I think we, t- I think we took the right path. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be worshiping any uh, Satan or or any of those evil, you know, common sense things that go against nature that they want you to do. You know, it's, I don't consider that beneficial. Uh, that's perversion of nature. You know, the the stuff that they think is 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 a good thing. You know, it's not. No. So it's just, you get to your common sense. You know, what person thinks it's right to sacrifice your kids? That's against nature. You I know, know. It, it's absolutely an abomination. But Vi- vi- violate a child in any way. Yeah, I mean, that, but they think this is like part of the ritual. You can even it's, rape them. <laughs> yeah, the mentality. It, it's the mentality. And that's the problem. It's got to be exposed. But anyway. Is, it's, I, it's bizarre, yeah. too, because it's just like, beyond it's foreign to me to even think these things so in fact the only reason i'm even thinking these things today or talking about it is because someone introduced me to it through uh my research you know uh you know through the what on the pages and what's what, well remember I, I mean, cronus killed his children to control the populace i told you that last week he invented it and it worked and they've been doing this for thousands of years which is sick as I'll get out. And what yeah. what profits a man to gain the whole sword, lose, gain the whole world and lose his own soul? A lot of things that Christ said are profoundly true. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Um. Uh, for those who will listen to this in the future, it's uh, Rita Moran, uh, Moran, and it's uh, hiddenhumanstory.com, and by the same name, human human story. Uh, YouTube channel, and it's worth listening to, and just one more piece of the puzzle, just very interesting. Thank you, Rita. Thank you. For joining me this morning, so. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.